What is good, good people? You are now listening to another episode of Since We Last Spoke with Danny Foxworth. I am your humble narrator, Danny Foxworth. Man, it has it's been a minute since I last did an episode. But the modus operandi here on Since We Last Spoke is to simply fall back and let life happen and just deal with some things and go through some things and then come back with an update. So I'll get into the fun things before I get into the more serious things. If you know me on the internet, I always stress the importance of meeting your internet friends in real life. And this past Saturday was a reunion of sorts. My dog Rick and his wife Danielle came down from Atlanta over the weekend to go to the Charleston Wildland Food Festival. And I met up with them on Saturday and we did a little mini pub crawl on East Bay Street slash Market Street. They brought some other friends along and it was a super duper fun time. We hit up Ruby Sunshine, then from there went to Amen Street and then further down East Bay Street to Max Place. And then we hit up Church and Union on Market Street, then hit the rooftop at Henry's and then made our way down to Meeting and Market to watch the Duke Carolina game. Didn't quite get the outcome that we wanted being the me and Rick are both Tar Heels fans, but you know... Still had a hell of a lot of fun. You know, we drank, we ate, and we ate, and we ate, and we ate. And oh my God, food was so good. Just oysters, hot wings, hush puppies, just all kinds of stuff. And for the nightcap, I recommended that we head down to local 616s, which is, which is my favorite place to go on a Saturday evening in downtown Charleston. If you're in downtown Charleston, check out Local 616. Shout out to Dwayne and Vicky and my dog Ryan Wonders who works the kitchen at 616. Go follow him on, on Instagram at Funky Wonders. It's W-U-N-D-E-R-S. That man is a culinary wizard. I told the crew about him preparing a tres leches cornbread. Not the cake, the cornbread. And that was an absolute hit. We were fortunate enough when we pulled up. He had three left and me, Rick and Danielle got the last three and bro, we had a ball, Jack. Then that following Sunday afternoon, I took a trip up to Columbia to support my dog Priest Jacobs with his new album, Francis. And he had the official release party and he had a sit down conversation with Dr. Napoleon Wells and they went over the tracks of the album, but also they got into a very important, in my opinion, a very important dialogue promoting vulnerability. And it was just, it was such a good conversation and a very important and very necessary conversation, especially amongst black men, which strangely enough ties into the serious portion of the program that I want to get into. I want to talk about the importance of crying. So back in November, I was walking downtown in Charleston and I was heading to a college of Charleston game and I noticed this dude on his bicycle and we we said what's up to each other, gave the, the customary head nod and we went on our way and then I saw he turned around on his bike and walked, rode his bike back up to me and he was like, bro, can I talk to you for a second? And he was he didn't ask for money or anything. He was just like, bro, I just need to talk to somebody right now because I'm I'm really going through it and I, I just need somebody to talk to. 
And he was telling me about how he was having problems at the house. You know, he's a young father and he's his son has autism. And he was just talking about how hard it was as a parent dealing with a child that has autism. And on top of that, his lady is also having medical complications. And he was just really emotionally just hit the wall. And he revealed to me that he was just riding around the city, you know, going to churches, asking for help and stuff. And he was to the point where he revealed that he rode his bike to the top of the Raffinelle Bridge and seriously considered jumping. And he said, I don't want to cry, but man, I'm just I'm just trying to do the right thing for my for my family and for myself. I was like, dude, go ahead and cry, man. It ain't it ain't good to hold that shit in, bro. And the tears are just streaming down his face. And he was like, bro, just I, I appreciate you so much for listening to me. I just needed to get that off my chest. And then he pulls his phone out and he's showing me pics of his kids and shows me pics of his wife. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful family. And he said, I just appreciate you stopping where you were going and just allowing me to talk to you and get these these thoughts off my chest because I can't just say this to anybody. I need to talk to somebody who can relate to what I'm going to going through. And we stood on the sidewalk and we talked for about 45 minutes and we just I spent more time listening to him than actually talking because he just really needed needed to get some things off his chest. And I allowed him the space to do that. And he just said, thank you, bro. And he hugged me. And then he broke down crying again. Like, and I was like, man, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I'm glad that you got those emotions out of you so you can think more clearly because Kind of hard to to think straight whenever you're going through some stuff like that and you're keeping it bottled up. And he got back on his bike and he said, I appreciate you, bro. And we went on about our business, which brings me to another scenario. I'll get personal with y'all. If you follow me on social media long enough, you know that on Wednesday nights and oftentimes on the weekends, I'm posted up at my granny's house and we either watching Family Feud or we're watching football or... We're watching Beat Bobby Flay, which which is her favorite show. And some of y'all may have noticed that I hadn't posted from Granny's house in a minute. And the reason being is because back in the middle of January, she fell ill. And I noticed her breathing became increasingly labored. And so we took her to the ER and they did tests on her and came to, come to find out she had congestive heart failure and her heart was only operating at about 25%. So they put her up in the hospital and the day that they put the day after they put her in the hospital, I left work to go visit her and I stayed with her for a few hours. And when I left the hospital and got in my car, I just sat there and I just sobbed uncontrollably because this is my last living grandparent. And it was just hard to see her just declining like this, and especially at the rate that she was declining. I had to come to grips with the fact that this is the new reality for me now and for my family. Then they transferred her from the hospital to the life care center, and every weekend I was bedside paying her a visit. And you never really knew what you were going to get 
based on the visit, she would either be alert or she would be disoriented or she would be sleeping. I mean, one time she tried to bite me. Another time I came over to visit and she kept asking me, when am I going to cook the rice to put on the stove? Because she got company coming over. And I couldn't help but laugh because even when she wasn't really in her right mind, just the, <laughs> that Geechee part of her asking me about the rice. I'm like, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that Geechee is better than asking me about that rice. But then when my mom sent me the text last week informing me that they were placing her in hospice care, that's when I knew the end was near. My last visit with her was on Saturday morning, and I sat with her for about three hours. And just looking at the state she was in, I was like, I know she's ready to go, and I'm ready for her to go, too. I mean, I'm not ready for her to go, but... It just, it crushed me seeing her the way she was. And I kissed her and I let her know that I love her. And like, all right, you just be at rest. And I got in my car and I had one more good cry. And then I made peace with the outcome. And I say that to say it is very okay to cry. In fact, I encourage it. Crying, especially as an adult, is good. It's it's almost like you're rebooting your computer. If you're dealing with any kind of grief or stress or trauma, if you keep those thoughts and emotions bottled in, it's just it's going to hurt you physically and mentally. It's going to is number one is really bad for your heart holding that stress in, and number two, if you're stressed out and you keep that and you keep those thoughts in your head, that's going to force you to, that's going, you're going to start doing a lot of bad things and making a lot of very bad decisions. That's going to end up ultimately biting you in the ass. So don't be too cool to cry. Don't be too cool to cry. Ain't no shame in crying. You got friends that love you. You can talk to them or you no, know, go see, go see a therapist. Just do whatever you can do to get some kind of resolution to those bottled up emotions. I'm telling you, you are loved. And frankly, we need you around. And that'll do it for this episode of Since We Last Spoke. Make sure that you like, make sure that you download, make sure that you subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Hell, that felt good to get off my chest as well. So this has been another episode of Since We Last Spoke. And until next time, y'all be good. I love y'all.